Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, and uh, want to uh, want to share with you uh, a message that uh, I've just spent some time, like really struggling through, even myself. Uh, what's this look like in my life, and am I doing a good job of this? Uh, you know, I think for all of us, we desire. Uh, you know, we desire and long for different things. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about this a lot that, you know, we worship and we're made to worship and God created us uh, that way. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's easy for those desires and those longings to, to become about other things, obviously, other than Him. Uh, but I think that I think that it'd be so healthy for us to look at the scripture that uh, I've I've been studying on. I want to share it with you. Uh, if you've got a Bible and you want to pull it out and uh, go there with me, it's out of First uh, Peter chapter two, um, and we see Peter sharing with us uh, some uh, some wisdom, some knowledge of just you know how important it is for us to to seek the Lord, but even kind of what that looks like and. And what happens uh, when we do that, and, and just how important it is. Uh, I'll just go ahead and start here in uh, verse one of First uh, Peter chapter two. It says this: It says, "So put away all malice, and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander." Now that's that's you know a lot of big words thrown in there. Peter starting this passage off with here, uh, you know, and, and there's there's a lot to each of those words, and we don't have the time for me to break all those down. Um, but at the end of the day, what I see is sinful heart. Uh, you know, I see a sinful heart uh, coming through those things, and 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 a sinful heart leads us a lot of times to those things: to malice, to deceit, to hypocrisy, uh, to envy, to slander. Uh, you know, we could again talk about each of those things. Um, but Peter is trying to warn us. Uh, from falling into these things. And, and really, I think what he's trying to help us with is he's trying to help us with having the right heart. Uh, and so in verse 2, he gives us like something that we can actually act on. And he says this, it says, Like newborn infants long for the, for the pure spiritual milk, uh, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Now verse 2, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Now we understand something about babies. Uh, we've had a few babies along the way, and I've learned a lot about babies over the years, more so than I probably thought I ever would. And uh, my wife is who I consider to be an expert on babies because she has had seven of them, uh, and she has nursed those babies. And, and I, I can tell you that that has not been easy for her. Uh, I won't even get into all the stories, but we've had some that really fought against it. She worked really hard, worked with other people, uh, had people that were experts at that kind of stuff helping. All these things, it, it's never, it's never, hardly ever been an easy thing for her to nurse any of our children. And in fact, uh, our last child, Daisy, uh, did not want to nurse at all, um, and she was so determined that uh, my wife pumped, uh, and she had pumped with a lot of the children uh, for you know a specific period of time to like get them to where they were better at nursing or whatever it is. Um, and then uh, with Daisy, uh, she never ever, ever wanted to nurse, like really struggled with it. And that was very hard uh, for Aaron. And um, anyway, uh, she ended up pumping for an entire year and feeding her, uh, you know, that way for an entire year. That's hard. 
Uh, you know, anybody anybody that's been a nursing mom could tell you, uh, or lived in the house with one could tell you, uh, that's not easy to do. And you're having the time, the pumping, and all these things, and there's a lot to that. Uh, that basically dictates all of life going on at that period of time. And you're carrying a pump with you if you go anywhere, and all these all these crazy things. Well, uh, the purpose in that is we understand that uh, an infant baby really does uh, like the best, as God intended them to do, so to speak, uh, really with their mother's milk. Now, a lot of people can't do that, and that's that's not a knock on anybody that struggles with that uh, at all. Um, but it's it's just this understanding, you know, that we know that it's really good for them, and it helps them. It helps them to grow. And and here. Peter is using this analogy. He's saying, like newborn infants, he's saying, if he's saying, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. And so Peter's helping us to see something that I think is so important for us. Um, you know, like newborn infants, long for those words, long for. You know, bring about what I was talking about just a few minutes ago, and that we desire different things in this world, and sometimes uh, we desire the wrong things. Sometimes we long for the wrong things. Peter's saying, "Long for pure spiritual milk." He's saying, and he's not saying you should be like an infant your whole Christian walk, your whole Christian life. No, he's just saying, "Long for what is good for you, that by it you may grow up." into salvation. And that's a that's a that's a statement where Peter is helping us to see that we are constantly growing in our salvation. We call this sanctification. That's a big word, uh, but that is that is this constant growing uh, growing up in the Lord, growing closer to the Lord and all those things. Uh, and, and that's what Peter is calling us and he's encouraging us to. He's saying, don't, you know, he's saying, put away these things, the malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Get that stuff out of here. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to your heart. Pay attention to the sin that is in your heart that is causing outward things to happen and be like a newborn infant and long for something different. Quit longing for anger and malice and wanting to, uh, you know, get into it or with people or you know, whatever it is. But long for the pure spiritual milk that is, uh, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Now this is, uh, this is a great statement. And in verse verse three, he follows it with with this even better statement. He says, "It says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, if indeed you have tasted." That the Lord is good. He's saying, if you have longed for the things of the Lord, the things of God, and you've experienced Him and you know Him, then you have tasted that the Lord is good. He's kind of continuing that analogy with the tasted part of this, you know, going back to the long for pure spiritual milk. Uh, he's saying, you know, long for the things of God. Uh, and if you have and you have tasted, then you know that the Lord is good. And that's, I mean, uh, to us that are believers, and we've you know walked with the Lord for any length of time. Most of us probably know that, but I, I, I'm afraid for some believers they really don't know how good the Lord really is sometimes because maybe maybe they're still playing both sides of the fence. They're longing for the things of this world, and then they long for the things of God, but 
you know, they they kind of they kind of play both. And man, it is it is it not hard to do that? I mean, let's just face it; it's not an easy thing uh, for us to to give up the things of this world and just long for the Lord. But but Peter is saying, don't fall into that trap. Long for the things of the Lord. If indeed, if you have, you have tasted that the Lord is good. And in verse 4, he keeps going. He says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's There's a lot right there. Verse 4, let's start back there. As you come to him, so it's starting off with this we are called to come to the Lord, go to the Lord, go to God. We're called to seek Him out, okay? So there's there's something on us here. It's not just, you know, well, the Lord will lead me if He decides. No, we, we need to seek the Lord, and in seeking the Lord and spending time with Him, He will lead us uh, if we give Him the chance. Uh, as you come to Him, again, showing us that there's a response in our life toward the Lord, seeking Him out to have a relationship, a living stone by, uh, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. Now, it's referring to us as a, as a living stone rejected by men, and it's, it, it is talking about us here, uh, but it's talking about us in such a way that we understand that a lot of times that the people of this world will reject us. They will reject the gospel. Um, but in the sight of God, that we are chosen and precious. And in verse 5, that you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. So it's using this analogy of stones, that we are like living stones, and we are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, it says, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. We'll keep going here in just a minute uh, with uh, the rest of the passage. But, you know, right there, there's this there's this understanding that God is, is wanting to do something in us and use us. Um, and and he does so in the likes of, of how this is framed. Uh, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. One of the things that I think that we all can agree upon is that we want to grow. We want to grow in life. Uh, we want to grow in our walk with the Lord. And, um, you know, it, it's easy to long for the things of this world, and we can grow those things, uh, or we can long for the Lord Himself, and in seeking Him, we can grow in Him. Living stones. This is a this is an interesting this is an interesting use of language, you know, and 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 the idea that uh, that it's something uh, that is a stone, but that it also so that it's worth using for building, uh, but it's also living. Just this week at uh, the church building, we have seen uh, steps go in outside. Been exciting, you know. We've seen uh, some more of the swing set go in, you know. Exciting, you know. Everybody's excited. I'm excited. It all looks great, you know. So 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 awesome to get to see all that. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, you know, I think for us as we see those additions being made, I think if we're really honest about ourselves in our spiritual walk, and we were asking ourselves, how am I growing in my walk with the Lord? A lot of times, uh, we probably would say, well, I don't know that I really am. 
And I think that really comes down to what Peter is trying to help us with in this passage, is that a lot of times we have let ourselves be distracted by the world, so easy to do, and not be focused on the things of the Lord. Because if you have tasted, then you know that the Lord is good. You know, we, we, we have that understanding, uh, but the truth is, is that we still veer off and see a shiny thing and we're, you know, squirrel, whatever, we're gone. Um, and so Peter's trying to use this analogy to help us to see something that's so good for us. And he goes further with the stones thing in just a minute. We're going to see that. So stones are used for building. We know that, right? But these are living stones. And you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. And this brings about the thought of, uh, you know, Jesus helping us to see, and, you know, this was coming back from the Old Testament and, and then made more understood in the ministry of Jesus uh, that we are, we are a temple and that we together are collectively the church, His temple. Uh, and so that we collectively are being built into a spiritual house, but even personally, uh, that God is building in me a spiritual house. And this points back to, you know, that the Holy Spirit lives within us and, you know, to take care of the temple and all those things that we, we understand from Scripture about our own bodies even. Uh, but he says to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 6, it's it says this, and... Peter begins to share uh, this passage from Isaiah 28. He says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. This passage goes on in just a minute. We'll finish it in just a minute. But, but this passage is helping to paint the picture. Peter is taking this passage from Isaiah 28, uh, and, and he is helping us to see something that I think is important for us. So he'd been talking about us being stones, right? That we're living stones. Uh, but then he brings in this passage that talks about a cornerstone. We know from other scripture and putting this all together that the cornerstone he's talking about is Jesus. And so Jesus being the cornerstone, chosen and precious, he goes on there again in, in uh, verse 6, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So we know that we can trust in Christ. We, we see that. We get that. And then in verse 7, so uh, the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, talking about unbelievers, people who have not trusted in Jesus to be their Savior, uh, for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And, and so uh, the understanding here, and, and this gets into a lot of building stuff, but especially building stuff from back then, is that they would always lay the cornerstone first. And so the cornerstone of the building, uh, which would be laid first, uh, would dictate where everything else was going to go. And so the, the analogy here that's being used is that Christ being the cornerstone of that building, remember going back to we're living stones and all of that, right? Uh, well, he's the cornerstone of that, and 
wherever He is in our life, that is what lays the trajectory for everything in our lives. Just like the cornerstone does in building a building. You know, if you lay it this way or lay it that way, you know, then the building, the walls are going to go this way or they're going to go that way or whichever, you know. Um, and so uh, Peter's trying to help us. He's trying to help us to understand something. He's trying to help us to see, number one, how good the Lord is. And, and he is so, so good, uh, you know, that I, I think that we just miss sometimes just how, how, just how great the Lord is to us. Uh, and, and in seeking him, how he quenches our thirst, we see this in other scripture, that he quenches our thirst, he gives us what we need, he gives us what we're looking for, and yet we still, you know, we still kind of fall into that whole like, you know, looking for, you know, happiness in this world and all those things. And Peter's just over here, he's screaming from the rooftops and he's saying, you know, put away, put away all those, put away that sinful heart and long for pure spiritual milk that you yourselves are like living stones to be built up as a spiritual house with the, with the cornerstone being Christ himself. So it, in a way, it's so simple that we're just kind of like, well, yeah, you know, we know that. But we know it and don't follow it a lot of times. And I, and I think for us to just be reminded, you know, of this truth, of, of what God is wanting to do in our life is just this huge thing. And, you know, just even, even just understanding, you know, verse 8, you know, it, it finishes off that part of uh, Isaiah 28. It says, in a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So that stone of stumbling is a stumble for someone who doesn't believe, but is a rock of offense and foundation for those of us who have believed. And it says, and the honor is for you who believe. There's an honor that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And so Christ himself was rejected. We, at times, are rejected. And Christ knows exactly what that feels like. He totally understands. And at the end of the day, you know, I think, you know, it goes on in verse 8. It says, they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. You know, a lot of people have taken that to mean a lot of things. But I think just simply put, I think that that means if they fail to believe, they stumble because they disobey. So if you don't believe and you don't trust, then you're going to stumble, you're going to disobey. Uh, and the destined, pre, you know, the whole part that it's destined to do is that it was that that was destined to be truth. Uh, that if you don't follow the Lord, then you're you're going to stumble. Uh, versus for those of us who believe, we have the honor of getting to be one of those living stones. Christ is the 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 living stone. I mean, above and beyond. You know, why do you say that, Chris? Well, because above and beyond, not only is did he you know come and live here, but he defeated death and came back to life. He is the living stone, and we are called as living stones to be made to be a part of making up his temple, his church our temple, our body, that we're called to be living stones. And we need His Word to grow. Let me say that again. We need His Word to grow. 
and and we need to grow. You know, we don't want to be stagnant. We we don't want that to be a part of you know what our life is. We it's it's vital to us uh, that we as we live that we that we're constantly growing. Uh, it's vital to our walk. It's vital for us to not stumble. For us to seek Him in prayer, to seek Him in His Word, to worship Him uh, with others as the church. I mean, it's it's all these are all pieces of the puzzle that God uses in our lives to draw Him closer to Him. In fact, I just encourage you, if you get a chance, read the rest of chapter two on your own, uh, and I think you'll be really, really, uh, I think you'll be really encouraged by by what the Lord has for us uh, in that. Uh, and I encourage you to do that with somebody. Maybe this week you pick out somebody to read that, read the rest of that passage with, talk about it, pray together, uh, seek the Lord and how you might push each other toward Him. Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the living stone. He has risen from the dead. We are living stones and we are alive and are able to testify that he is wanting to build his temple within us and with us together, the church. There's this passage that I just couldn't help but read as a part of this message. Uh, And it is this reminder as part of why God calls us as living stones, not to just not just to grow and not just become more knowledgeable, but to do something else. And it is this passage that we see in Scripture from the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem in Luke 19. And this is where Jesus comes into town and everybody's cheering for him and all of these things, and they're praising his name and all that. And it says this in verse 37, it says, And as he was drawing near already on the way down, uh, the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, catch this, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. <laughs> they want him to tell them to be quiet. And Jesus answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. The very stones would cry out. And Jesus is saying there that, look, if even if they weren't going to praise my name, the creation itself is going to praise my name because I am the Lord. I mean, and, and, and folks, that's, that's our call. Our call is to glorify Him. Our purpose in this world is to glorify Him. It is to make Him known. It is to make Jesus known is that other people would know Him because they know us. And it leads to Philippians 4.13, which I hear a lot of people use in a lot of different ways. And I want to throw this on the wall and hope that it sticks. It says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? We maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've heard somebody use that as like a, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, nobody can defeat me because Jesus is on my side, kind of thing. Uh, let me just help us to understand something. That's not a mantra. You know, that is that is truth for our soul. That we need Jesus to live and to grow. We can't do this without Him. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. 
is helping us to understand that we can't do this life without Christ. It's not let's bottle up Jesus and make him what we want him to be when we want him to be it. We need him to be living stones as we have been called to live in this world. We want to grow. We want to grow in Christ. We want to taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think for us today, I think it is important for us to be reminded of the call to proclaim, to make Christ known. Do your people know of Jesus in such ways of the kind of things that they were saying when Jesus came into the city? Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Dear friends and your family, know that Jesus is your King I know that sounds a little weird, you know, just the wording of that, because we don't use words like king and things like that a lot of times these days. But, I mean, do they know? Do they know that you serve him? Do they know that you love him, that he's changed your life? If we are growing in Christ, if he is using us in this world, if he's been glorified through us, it is because we are living stones a part of that temple that God has called us to be, to make him known in this world. I'm praying that if you don't know him as your Savior, that you would no longer stumble, as it talks about there, but that you would trust in him, believe in him to be everything that he wants to be in your life to change you. Let him lead you. For those of us that are believers, may we be those living stones that God has called us to be, that others would know Christ, that we would be growing in him and not stagnant, but following Him, seeking Him, letting Him work in us and change us as the people He's called us to be. Let's pray together. God, thank You so much for Your Word. and God, I I pray that uh, it would guide us and it would help us to follow You. God, we need Your help to follow You. We we oftentimes just don't know even what to do, but Lord, you, You know how to lead us. And God, we just pray Lord, that we would trust in you for that, to follow you and seek you. God, I pray that you would do that. Uh, For anyone that's listening to this, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to believe if they're struggling to believe. But God, I pray that you would just do that work in their heart. God, and that it would be just so obvious, Lord, that you're speaking to their hearts. Uh, Lord, help them to believe, help them to trust, help them to know that you love them, you care for them, and you sent Jesus to die. Uh, and in their place to take the take the death for the sin that, that we deserve, the death that we deserve for our sin. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that they would trust in that today. God, work in that. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that you are allowing and, and asking and calling us to be living stones. Uh, God, may we be alive, Lord, for your name. Uh, we ask this in your son's name. Amen.